listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. We are at the LWML convention, the national convention in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And lots of people here, which means we have the opportunity to connect with friends and some of our friends from around the world. Joining us today, the Reverend Charles Ferry, Regional Director for Asia for the LCMS Office of International Mission. Pastor Ferry, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for letting me, Sarah and Andy. (laughs) It's always fun when we get to reconnect and hear updates of what's going on in the part of the world where the Lord has given you to serve. Tell us about the Asia region. So we talked with Eurasia not too long ago. We talked with Dr. Grajek, right, and Eurasia. So we got an idea of what that region entails. What does Asia then encompass? The countries, you don't have to list all of them because I'm sure sure there are a lot of countries in that region. Oh, absolutely. In (laughs) fact, two of the largest population-wise in the world, right, India and China are Mm -hmm. part of the Asia region. But we come everything from India, Sri Lanka over on one side, all the way over through Papua New Guinea and Australia on the other side. And then all the way up to Korea and Japan to the north. So lots of area to cover, lots of neat things. It's like half the globe, isn't it? Pretty close. Yeah, it's a good (laughs) portion, right, above and below the equator. So, yeah, it's some wonderful opportunities with a varied mix of languages and cultures and cuisines. Mm. So always a lot of fun to go and visit these places. We might come back to the cuisine part because Andy can't resist talking about food at some point in the next 20 minutes. (laughs) And some of the best coffee in the world and of course the best tea in the world too. So Mm -hmm. yeah, lots of good reasons to go and make visits. I think you've even been the recipient of some of that. I have gotten some of that coffee. Yes. (laughs) Probably far too long ago for Sarah's taste. So, yes, I think we need a refill. Yes, I do need a refill. All right. right, I hear you. (laughs) So with all of these places, what are some of the things happening in the regions of the high? I know there's a lot going on, but some of the the big things that are happening right now. Always a lot of good things going on. We've been blessed to actually have some wonderful good news coming out lately. Mm. Our missionaries have been working for decades in Sri Lanka. It started with our work in India, of course, and then coming just south to the island of Sri Lanka, working with the very low-income tea plantation workers and rubber plantation workers years Mm. and years ago. That work has borne fruit over the years, thanks be to God. And so they have actually developed to a point where that church body has constituted its own church identity. And so they've actually installed their first bishop for the first time. So we had some partner church leaders from Nigeria come and actually come and install their first bishop. So a truly global effort here as church partners from Africa came over to help church partners in Asia. And then we got to be there as the the facilitators and the witnesses of all of this. So really the, the church gathering together. And so as that church body then has kind of formed its own identity, we get to recognize that at the Synod Convention this summer in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. as that church body is recognized as a full fellowship partner and not just a mission effort of the LCMS anymore. And thankfully, they want us to continue walking alongside of them then primarily for theological education. Mm -hmm. And they want us to help continue to develop their pastors and help them form a a pastor ordination for future pastors and for the future of that church as well. So that's one of our our big reasons to give thanks in the Asia region right now is in in Sri Lanka. 
What does that look like? Helping, walking alongside partners in just developing a whole new church yeah. body mm-hmm. and identity, yeah. especially in another part of the world. But what is that like? We we have, you know, we we've been talking with Dr. Rast about the the development of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod yeah. from the church bodies in North America, immigrants coming to North America, and what that looked like. What does this look like now in modern day yeah. in Asia to to walk alongside a group of Lutherans who want to develop and, and yeah. establish a, a new church body. It, it looks in one way a, like a lot of time and energy invested, right? Mm. Being in this for the long haul, to make a commitment to our brothers and sisters and be able to say, we're going to be there through the ups and the downs. And there have been some really deep downs mm-hmm. just in that particular church body, right? Just to, not to mention the other ones in Asia too, but that have really struggled over the years with corruption and people getting actually beaten one guy actually getting killed years ago because of these relationships and and some of the things that were at stake there. But it, it looks like a lot of prayer. It looks like a lot of time spent together in the Word. And it, to, in these days, right, we, we stand on the shoulders of those missionaries who have gone before us. Mm-hmm. There's really a second and third generation mission work that we're doing now. And so we give thanks for those previous generations of missionaries that have gone before us, right? We wouldn't be able to enjoy any of these things if it weren't for their faithful work years ago. And today, it actually looks like a lot of listening, listening to our partners, getting to know their, their culture and their language so that we can understand them better and their needs, not building it on ourselves and what we want, but building it on the Lord and, and the foundation that He lays out in His Word and how He comes to meet us in His means of grace to make sure that what they have isn't built on us and isn't going to fall apart when we eventually have to leave and can't be there anymore, right, as, as the Lord wills. Mm-hmm. You mentioned theological education being something that is an ongoing work, especially with these new church partner, our partner churches, new church bodies. What does that theological education look like in Asia? I know there, there's several places where that's happening. Yeah, in absolutely. Asia. And, it, and it looks different kind of in every place, right, sure, depending yeah. on what that church body needs mm-hmm. and what the environment can handle. In some places, it looks like us sending missionaries to be formal theological educators at a seminary, mm-hmm. right? In places like the, the, the Philippines and in Korea and, and some of these places, we were actually sending professors to be full-time teachers. Much more often, it looks like sending people in there for short-term stints, right? Maybe three weeks at a time maybe a week at a time, to hit a particular topic really hard, to gather people together and just immerse them in something. We've been doing some of that in Taiwan recently as, as our church partners have asked for kind of a return to the basics mm-hmm. for, their, for their pastors. So we devised this kind of seven-course curriculum that's more of a colloquy for their, for their current church workers. And so we hit pastoral theology really hard. We brought in another teacher to hit baptism really hard and just spent two solid weeks on the sacrament of baptism. As Lutherans, how do we understand that? This fall, we're going to hit the Lord's Supper really hard. Coming up next year, we're going to hit the theology of Scripture really hard and have up multiple opportunities just for them to really dive into these, these very, very, not, not basic, but foundational topics mm-hmm. for the church and for, for the pastors to be teaching and preaching. You're based out of Chai, right? In Jai, Taiwan. Jai. That's right. Yeah, right. beautiful small town feel to it that where my family and I've been living now for five years. 
coming out of, of Indonesia like we did five years ago, and it has really become home to us. We found it's a good it's a good difference from some of the big cities in Taiwan that have multiple millions of people. You can come to Jai and you can come into the building and the facility that we've been given by our church partners there that was all the result of generous LCMS mission work, you know, generations ago, and be able to have a place where people can get away and retreat and where they can study the scriptures and be less distracted, right? And so actually one of the things that we're working on now in this building is making use of the whole building, right? There's five stories altogether. We've been making copious use of the top three floors. But on the first floor, we've got a big open space that's available down there. And so through some investigation, through getting to know our culture, through doing some research and some reading, we've discovered that there's a great love of Western classical music oh. among the people in Taiwan in particular, and in general, among people of the, the greater China world. And so we're gonna, we want to take advantage of this existing respect and love of Western classical music. Because if there's one thing we know as Lutherans, it's how well theology and music should be working together, right? Mm -hmm. To music as the, the, the maiden of theology to carry it forth into people's ears. And we've had some, some small-term experiments with, the, with this that have really convinced us that this is a right way to go. So what we're going to be doing is developing a music conservatory at our building in Jai, Taiwan, that's going to be helping the local church understand the proper place of music in the church, the possibilities, the potential, the opportunities for music to serve properly in the church, and then how we can integrate music to carry that theology into the ears of people around us in the communities that may be very willing to listen to the music, but either don't know or have never been exposed to the words that are carried in this music. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're going to be starting with, you know, we, we said we're, most of us are theologians, we're pastors, we're teachers, we're, we're lay people. What do we know about starting a music conservatory? And that's where the Lord led us to a wonderful partnership with a group that's based in Council Bluffs, Iowa, that hopefully many of your listeners are already familiar with, and that's David's Harp, based at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Council Bluffs. And Pastor Nathan Sherrill and Pastor Tim Frank have been incredible partners in helping us figure out what's needed, how we can pull this all together, what we should be thinking about. And they've just backed us 100% from the first day we started talking about this. So with their help and with some of the other tools that have come together and the interest of our church partner there, we're hoping to actually see some of the pieces fall into place now, now that we're in this new fiscal year. We've actually received a sizable grant from, from the Schwann Foundation to help kind of kick start this effort because this is going to be a music conservatory and a church plant. And mm. so we're going to be using this space then as a sacred space where we can gather people together to hear the word, to be taught, and we're hoping that this is going to bear a lot of fruit. We're very excited about it. That is really amazing i'm like got little goosebumps going on right now it's like this, this whole idea of a music conservatory as as something that's an outreach to reach people with god's yeah. word really amazing well and, and we're trying to realize the context that we're in right that mm -hmm. taiwan has a high enough standard of living that some of the outreach efforts that we would normally do in some of these third world you know developing countries just really don't apply mm -hmm. uh, and so there's there's good medical care people aren't necessarily hungry and so how can we open some doors? And we discovered that music 
is a way that we can really have some potential to do this because people will come in and they'll listen to a presentation on Bach and they want to hear Bach's music and they already understand that this is important, that it's good. So we can help them understand what Bach was preaching, right? Through his music, through these cantatas that he put together. And we've been blessed in the LCMS to have some teachers who can help convey this. And then we've got translators and people who can operate in Mandarin Chinese and help actually be heard in people's local language. So really, the Lord has brought all of these pieces together. We're hoping that the next eight or nine months are going to really see this come together. We've got a couple of special events that are planned to, to kick it off and, and to you know grow some interest in this. Mm-hmm. We're really hoping that this will be a wonderful help to our church partners. Outstanding. We have more to learn about the Lord's work in Asia in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are learning about the Lord's work in Asia. The Reverend Charles Ferry is Regional Director for Asia for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod Office of International Mission. Now, you shared with us about the partnership with David's Harp and the music conservatory that, that is just starting to bud and, and grow in, in Taiwan. And can't wait to hear more about that. And we have Bach Week coming up we in the near do. future. So we might need to talk with our friends in Asia about what Bach means in Asia. Yeah. Then we can like. have Bach Week in yep. Asia. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Let's do it. So you shared with us a, a little bit about that partnership. Other partnerships or other ways that you see progress and growth in the, the Lord's work in Asia? Well, people are probably familiar with some of the uh, heartbreaks that we've had as the relationship between us and our longtime partner church in Japan have changed as the JLC, the Japan Lutheran Church, has made decisions on what they want to believe and how they want to practice who they are as a church and gone down some roads that unfortunately that we just can't follow as the, mm-hmm. as the LCMS. That's kind of the, the heartbreaking news, right? But the Lord in his mercy has shown, has seen fit to reserve for himself yet a remnant in Japan. And it's, it's been interesting as, you know, we talked earlier about this kind of long-term mentality, how we, we make a commitment to a place than to stay with them through a lot of the ups and the downs that we might see. And so we've had missionaries in Japan for decades. Mm-hmm. Then we saw quite a, quite a downturn. A lot of those missionaries had to go back to the States. We, things changed. But in recent years, we've had the Reverend Dr. Daniel Jastrom, who's actually returned to the place of his birth, because Dr. Jastrom is the the child of missionaries, LCMS missionaries from years ago. And so after years of teaching as a professor and being a parish pastor, he and his wife returned to Japan, just as kind of, as things were kind of coming to a head with our, with our church partner there. And so 
he didn't give up though. And thankfully we have a church body that understands that persistence is really important in mission work and didn't give up on working in Japan, didn't give up on our missionary Daniel Jastrom there. So we're really, really thankful to be a part of a church body that understands how important that is. The Jastroms recently have actually been able to identify a number of partners now, both in Tokyo and in Osaka and way up in Niigata in Japan. And they also have been very saddened by some of the, the changes that have happened in Japan in recent years. And they've said, you know what, there's still a need for faithful, confessional belief, teaching, and practice in Japan. And so Daniel Jastrom now has found himself as kind of the, the center of this effort to pull together these disparate parts and help them understand and to see that they all stand on the same foundation, that they all want to see the faithful word and practice of the, the Lutheran Church, which is just to say the teaching of Christ and what he's done for us, still go forth in Japan. And so it's been wonderful to see these partnerships come in from all sorts of unexpected places, right? Missionaries that have been sent there from other church bodies, maybe not knowing about one another. And so for him to go around and make these visits, go over to Osaka and meet with somebody who's interested in faithful translation work and, and publishing work and making things available online, go up to, to Niigata and, and talk to Manubu Wakabayashi, who actually came out of our Fort Wayne semini, seminary years ago. It's just a, a wonderful, faithful man who said, I want to have a faithful Lutheran church in Japan. And so he bought a building, cashed out his retirement, and renovated it to be upstairs. He and his wife live there. Downstairs, he has a church. And it looks like, I mean, I, I've been there in person. It's one of the, the privileges of serving in this role is to be there in person to hear their hymnody and to be there for their service. They've basically taken our divine service, translated it into Japanese, and this is how they worship on a Sunday morning. It looks like it could be anywhere in our faithful LCMS churches. And you wouldn't know any different if you didn't hear them speaking and singing in Japanese. So just to try to pull all of these parts together and then He's actually, because he's been doing theological education over there, he's had the opportunity to run into some people from other Christian church bodies who have heard the teaching that we've been giving and have been struck by it. Mm -hmm. So even coming out of other denominations and wanting to be part of what we have as the Lutheran Church, right? We, we invested some time in getting this guy to translate because he's really good in both Japanese and in English, which is really difficult, right? Mm -hmm. Japanese is even harder than the, the, the Chinese that we've had to learn in Taiwan. And so some guy that, that we asked to translate Walther's Law and Gospel, and that was going to be the end of our time with him. And he said, no, 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 please don't leave me. This is too good. Hmm. Where can I get more? Just after reading Walther's Law and Gospel he can't leave this behind. Mm -hmm. And so now he's doing church and ministry and we've got him lined up with about 16 other things that we'd like to see translated into Japanese, right? So that we can get good teaching and resources into the hands of the Japanese people as well. Yeah, it's just an amazing story. And what I keep thinking of is this importance that you and all of these partners in Asia region have placed on being faithful to Lutheran doctrine Lutheran confessions even when stuff is going crazy yeah. everywhere yeah. but but you guys have, have really made an effort to stay 
true to to our beliefs and people are are flocking to that because of what they really are and i think that's the most rewarding part about this right we know that this is right that this Mm -hmm. is true we know that the the jesus that's proclaimed in our congregations and in our pulpits by our pastors is is the only one that's going to save right Mm -hmm. it's not the 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 genie jesus it's not the, the the best buddy jesus right Jesus is all of those things, but he is so much more, right? He's the Jesus that died on the cross to wipe away your sins, right? Mm-hmm. That brings us in in the waters of holy baptism, that feeds us with his sacrament, right? This is the Jesus that people need. And because we love the people of Asia, because we love the people into whose communities we've been placed, that's why we want them to have the absolute best. And that's the Jesus that's proclaimed in the Holy Scriptures and in the Lutheran Confessions. Mm-hmm. This is all very important, but as Sarah pointed out, <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> you travel a lot across Asia region, which means you must have fellowship around food from time to time, right? <laughs> all the time. So tell me about some of the cuisine you've experienced across Asia. It is unbelievable because most of it is all fresh when we get it. Mm. If you are a seafood fan at all, you need to come to Asia, right? And I grew up a very meat and potatoes, Midwestern kind of guy, right? My dad had like five meals that he liked to just cycle through. And, you know, just salt and pepper were big things for him, right? He was feeling pretty sassy if he was going to put pepper on his dish, right? <laughs> so I came out to Asia 10 years ago and all of a sudden my eyes, well, my my taste buds, right? Well, my palate was opened up to all sorts of things I never imagined even existed in the world. And so it's been wonderful. Some of the seafood has been some of the best. In Taiwan, together, we love our dumplings and we love our mm-hmm. baozi, which is the steamed bread. Then that the ones that we like has like a like a barbecue pork inside of it. Wow. You can get some amazing stuff. I never would have thought it, but I actually love the sushi and even the sashimi that you can get in Japan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Sushi being stuff that's kind of wrapped and has some rice with it and some other flavors. Sashimi is just the raw seafood, right? But it's done so well there that it's just, it's unlike anything most of us had ever had. Something, certainly, I never had anything like that, right? And then, of course, you get to the, the, the beverages, too. Some of the best coffee I've had in the world has been in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. has been incredible coffee. Cambodia is really good, too. And, of course, the Indonesian coffee, right, that, that, that you can get. Even the stuff that comes, you know, by way of help of a civet, right? Yes. I, I, it is, I think we had a session can, on that one time. It's Kopi Luwak. If you ever have a chance to Google it, it's a unique treat. It sounds weird, yes. but it is the best coffee it's I have ever very, had. very, very good. My yes. entire life. And drink it first before you find out where it came from. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> it is very good. I don't good, even right? care where it came from. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then, of course, some of the best tea in the world, right? The, the Sri Lankan tea I would put up against anywhere else in the world. No offense to my, my friends in Kenya. And I know my, my fellow regional director, Shaolin Trump, loves <laughs> Kenyan tea. I'm sorry. I'll take my Sri Lankan tea any day over that. You have to have a little, like... Source than varsity sports, huh? <laughs> a little taste test. Like That's a chili right. cook-off. We might tea. need to have a blind taste <laughs> test sometime. That's, I like that idea. Oh, that's a new segment series on the coffee hour. <laughs> what tea is the best? That's right. <laughs> so you mentioned this whole project with David's Harp, the music conservatory. What else is on the horizon? Any other new and exciting things happening in the Asia region coming up in the near future? 
Right? Yeah, you know, a lot of it may not be new, but I find it it's all very, very exciting, right? It, the, the chance to really concentrate on teaching and developing resources. And that's, you know, going to be one of the, the key places we're going to be doing that is in Taiwan, which is our, our regional headquarters now. Mm -hmm. Because obviously we have a freedom to work in Chinese in Taiwan that we don't have anywhere in Asia. Mm -hmm. We've got a wonderful church partner in the China Evangelical Lutheran Church that has welcomed us with open arms. They've said as many good faithful missionaries as you want to send, we will gladly receive them. People that are, are willing and able to learn a new language and are, are willing to work in translation projects and publishing to try to make sure that we leave as many good resources behind us, no matter how long we're able to stay there, right? Because we try to work with eyes wide open. Everybody's watching on the news nowadays that, you know, and our neighbors across the Taiwan Strait, just 100 miles away, have their designs on our little island. And that's become quite a hot spot lately. So, you know, we, we try to be very, very realistic about it. We've, we, we continue to pray fervently to the Lord of the harvest that he will give us more daylight where we can accomplish more of the work he set up before us. And yet we've also completed an 80-page evacuation plan that we hope we will never have to pull off the shelf, right? But we take very seriously the care of our missionaries, right? And our church body, our congregation would have it no other way. They want to make sure that we're taking care of our people, that we're being realistic in our expectations, and that we've got back right and that's one of the reasons that we're so glad right now that the office of international mission has been able to pick up an actual safety and security manager to help us think through these things and i'll tell you guys he is amazing he is a good lutheran man and he has security experience from all over the globe he is the real deal and he's being optimistic he's being prayerful and yet he's also being very realistic too and helping us make sure that we have as many things in place to protect our people as we can. So it's, he's a wonderful resource, and we give thanks to God for him as well. How can we stay informed on the Lord's work in Asia region? Yeah, well, we've got lcms.org slash Asia, where we're actually working to, to make sure that we're posting updates regularly on some of these things. And especially, I'm looking forward to posting some pictures and some updates for the music conservatory mm, yeah. that's going on there. And as this kind of new network comes together in Japan. It would be a lot of fun to be able to share things with that. And then we're looking forward to being able to celebrate in front of the convention this summer too, our Sri Lankan brothers and sisters being recognized in a full fellowship as well. So please, lcms.org slash Asia is probably the, the quickest and easiest way for people to connect with us. Very good. Our guest today, the Reverend Charles Ferry, Regional Director for Asia for the LCMS Office of International Mission. Thanks so much for being our guest. Thanks for having me, gang. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Goldfuss. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.